This is sermon content from the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, December 6, 2020. And we're ready to open our Bibles and listen to God speak to us through His Word with maximum concentration. In just a moment, I'm going to take you to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. We appreciate you visiting our website to listen to these recorded sermons, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. I want you to imagine that we get a dozen Christians together for an honest discussion on the subject of prayer. Everybody comes to the group not with prepared statements or random thoughts, but with an interest in very personal, honest confession. What would that sound like? Maybe somebody would say, I know that prayer is important, but I simply get so busy. I have so many things to do and may not pray at all for several days, and I know that is bad. And somebody else joins in, and they say, I pray regularly, but I often feel that I am stale and shallow in my praying. I get into a rut of just repeating the same words over and over. Another participant speaks up. I pray, but it seems like all I have to say is a laundry list of things I want. And the people at the table having this discussion agree, and another remark is heard. In my prayers, I seem to start out well, but my mind drifts before I finish. It becomes trivial and earthly things intrude, and I never finish the prayer. If you were a part of such a discussion, what would you say about your practice of prayer? It is a daunting question. I believe I've illustrated some of the common experiences we all recognize. And I do not imagine that what I'm going to say in this sermon will suddenly change all of this, but I want to take us back to what the Bible says about the importance of prayer. With the hope, this simple study can move each of us to reach deeper and do better every day of the year as we speak to God through Jesus Christ. There is, John says in this passage, a great confidence we can have. We can take this confidence with us into every day and every problem and challenge and relationship. It says here about the people of God expressing themselves to him that he hears us. Three words. Focus on those three words. He hears us. The Creator who loves us, who can do beyond what we could ever imagine. John says, he hears us. So my first point, let's think of prayer in terms of privilege. You can talk to the creator. 
And John says, he hears us. I believe we need to just stop there and take in that thought, that high privilege, the God who made the world and everything in it, the God who with the Son and the Spirit said, let us make man in our image, the God who took such pleasure in Enoch and Noah walking with him, the God who built the Jewish nation from the offspring of Abraham, who gave the law through Moses, who forgave David, delivered Daniel, converted Saul of Tarsus, showed John things which would shortly come to pass. That God, the God, who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who raised him up from the dead and gave him that is the name above every name, you can speak to him. And he says he will listen to his people and answer. He is listening 24 hours a day. And this, according to John, is the confidence that we have. Paul wrote of this privilege in terms of who we are praying to in Ephesians 3. He said to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Paul wrote that. You can speak to God. You can speak to him who listened to Jeremiah when the prophet said, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You can communicate to him as the man in Luke 18, God be merciful to me, a sinner. In everything Paul said through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. We're talking about an inexpressible privilege Christians have to speak to God with this confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You can speak to him. Can you conceive of any other privilege like that? And then I ask, to what extent are we engaged in this privilege? Number two, let's move to another aspect of prayer and think in terms of preparation. Whatever I need to do tomorrow that is right, I need to prepare for today. And one crucial element of preparing to do what is right is prayer. Now, ask yourself, what good things lie in my future? And you would make a list of things that you'll be doing in the future. Worship, maybe preaching, traveling, helping someone, family activity, involvement in your job to support your family. Maybe you've got surgery ahead or financial decisions. Name anything that is right that can and should be done or anything unexpected that may occur. Prepare for that with prayer. Examples in the Bible. Asa, in Second Chronicles 14 and verse 11, he called to the Lord his God. He said, Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. So help us. We trust in you, and in thy name have come against this multitude. Let no man prevail. 
Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 and verse 10. One day he prayed to Israel's God, the Bible says, please bless me and give me a lot of land. Be with me so that I will be safe from harm. And God did just what Jabez had asked. Jesus in the garden in John 17, Father, he said, the hour has come, glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Now, in these examples, what is God showing us? He is showing us how to prepare for whatever is ahead. He is telling his people, we can ask for his help today as we face tomorrow. And let me add, have you heard people say this? Every one of us is always in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or headed for a crisis we cannot see today. Temptations may come our way tomorrow that we cannot see today. Crisis may suddenly hit us that we cannot imagine today. There may be people around us who will need us in the future in ways we cannot possibly see today. What can we be certain of? That if we'll stay in touch with God, if we will prepare for tomorrow and prepare for the unexpected with consistent, sincere prayer, we're going to be ready. I found this good quotation, Samuel Chadwick. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Satan does not want us to stay in touch with God. I need to prepare for tomorrow by praying today. Number three, think of prayer in terms of peace, the peace of God. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There will be times in life when inner conflict, worry, and disappointment is so terrible, you become almost disabled. I mean, unable to function for a time. Can't concentrate on anything except some problem issue nagging worry. Cannot carry on a conversation without telling about your trouble. You may do things you have to do, but without good attention, you are distracted, discouraged, perhaps in despair. I know about this, do you? Paul urges Christians to speak to God and seek this peace that passes understanding. It is not that all your problems will suddenly disappear right after you say amen. Rather, you're asking God to strengthen you to act providentially and specifically concerning those events or issues that have you paralyzed. God can remove the thorn or 
He can give us the strength to bear it. That's his decision. Our part is to speak to him in our busy lives. God can calm you down. I'm not talking about some inner therapeutic value of you praying. I'm talking about what John wrote about. He actually hears us. I'm talking about what Paul wrote about this peace that passes understanding. Christians can speak to God like this in the words of the 31st Psalm. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from my grief, my soul, my body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with a sigh. But as for me, I trust in thee, O Lord. I say, thou art my God. My time are in thy hand. The Bible says, be strong and let your heart take courage. So here in Philippians 4, as a result of steadfast prayer, Paul says we can have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And by steadfast prayer, I do not mean praying alone. I mean everything else about your life that should accompany prayer, living in Christ. And when you have this peace that passes understanding, people will not get it. Friends who are not prayers may wonder how in the world does he or she bear up and cope. But you know what they might miss, that God hears his people. One of the old Anglican prayers ran something like this. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of the night. That's peace that passes understanding. And to that, I will add this that I read in a book by Paul Miller. If you are not praying, then you are quietly confident that time, money, and talent are all you need in life. You'll always be a little too tired, a little too busy. But if, like Jesus, you realize you can't do life on your own, then no matter how busy, no matter how tired you are, you will always find time to pray. I have another point. Praise, that's a part of prayer. Jude 24 and 25, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. Jude spends most of his letter warning Christians about the ungodly, specifically those who turn the grace of God into licentiousness. Now, why is that critical? It's critical to be warned about those things because of who God is. His grace was not meant to be turned to favor the lust of men. God is our Savior, who alone is wise. To him be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. This is praise. 
expressing to God your confidence in him and your deep and abiding admiration of who he is. Uh, I'm really I'm really talking here about acknowledging God for who he is and having him in your life every day, in your mind, in your words. Prayer is our rich opportunity to tell God how great we believe he is. Like this in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5. Lord God of heaven, you are great and fearsome, and you faithfully keep your promises to everyone who loves you and obeys your commands. I mentioned earlier our tendency to drift off into distraction before finishing personal prayers. You start off in a good fashion with all the right words and then Somewhere after you begin, your mind just changes direction. I also brought up how our prayers can become nothing but a laundry list of things we want right now. Our practice of prayer can sometimes expose self-preoccupation. Listen to me. This will help. Focus on God and get well involved in praising Him. Instead of focusing on what you want now, focus on who God is and who He is to you. Praise Him. Oddly enough, argues Paul Miller, many people struggle to learn how to pray because they are focusing on prayer instead of God. Reminds me of the man who was reading a thick book about how to communicate with his wife. And he is absorbed in the content, trying to learn the methods and all that. And his wife comes into the room and says something to him. And he responds, please, please, I can't talk to you now. I'm learning how to talk to you later. (laughs) See, prayer is a part of our total relationship with God. It is connected to everything else about our fellowship with him. God is extraordinary and heavenly, and we ought to spend more time directing our hearts to him. D. Bowman wrote one time, prayer means I reach down into the innermost parts of who and what I am, then reach up in adoring reverence to the Almighty. How much time do we spend in prayer telling God of our love and devotion to Him? Worship and praise needs to be central when we pray. Who are we speaking to? To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. It is that exalted concentration on who God is that can lift our prayers higher and enable us to focus and avoid the trivia that distracts us. In all that we've studied together during this time, one question now. Who are the prayers? Christians. I need to tell you something. Everyone is not a Christian. 
no matter what you hear, not everybody is a Christian. A Christian is one who believes in Jesus Christ and obeys Him, taking the New Testament as their guide. The privilege, the preparation, peace, and praise we've been talking about not everybody has. Are you a Christian? And if you are, are you engaged sincerely and regularly and devoutly to prayer? Thank you for listening.